My name's Caitlin. My name's Kara. And this is our podcast, Shout Out to the Old Me. Let's go. All right. Well, welcome back, everybody, to episode four. How are you, Kara? Look, I'm all right. How are you? <laughs> I'm, I'm good. You know what I am feeling, though? What? Grateful. <laughs> <laughs> this is like a bad like podcast ad read. I kind of, I kind of love it though. Yes, I feel like I know, very grateful, too. very thankful. We want to start off episode four of shout out to the old me by giving a shout out to everyone that has listened to the podcast so far. Um, we've been blown away by the support and all the lovely comments and feedback um, from around the world. So if you're listening yeah. to this and you've listened to other episodes, thank you. Yes, thank you so much because even though we're really excited about doing this together. It's nice to be able to share it with um, our nearest and dearest. Yeah. So today is a really interesting one, I think. It's going to be <laughs> I'm excited. One. I'm excited. Yeah, I'm excited too. So we're doing teen soundtracks. And what we mean by teen soundtracks, uh, which I was a bit confused about when we first <laughs> talked about it, um, was the songs that we listened to as teens. Yes. So there's something about, you know, those... Those teenage years, it's full of, you know, angst and emotion. And I've written here in the notes that it's transformative, to say the least. <laughs> um, yeah. So we've sort of loosely defined our or our teen years as being from basically the years we were in high school. So 2006 slash 2007 through to 2011, 2012. There's something about when you're a teenager, the music that you listen to, that I think you just latch onto it in a different way than you do yeah. at any other stage in your life, at least for me. Um, so I think that's why we had to we had to make a whole episode <laughs> dedicated to the nostalgia of the music that we listen to as teens. But also looking at these lists, there's a lot of bands on here that we still listen to regularly uh, today. So I think it'll be it's quite fun to sort of look back and see what we love then that we still love now. Um, but yeah, how about listening to music as a teenager? How did you listen to music as a teenager, Caitlin? Yeah, I mean, I still, from sort of our first episode, CDs were a, a big part of it. But then I sort of trans transcended into the iTunes era, and I yeah. think you did too. Yes. And so it was, a, it was more about buying stuff on iTunes or buying songs on iTunes, probably not albums. It was, it was expensive yeah. back then. But I would say that, yeah, downloads, burnt CDs, you know, yeah. like if a friend had a had already purchased a CD, then it'd be like a cheeky, oh, can you burn it for me? Yeah, so like buy, buying songs on iTunes to then make mixed CDs. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's right. It was just about sharing music and, and yeah. then putting it into iTunes, putting it onto your iPod. And that was, I mean, I don't know if there was many times that I wasn't walking around with an iPod. Yes. And headphones in my ears. I do actually have my uh, purple iPod Nano in front of me. I've dug it Amazing. out dug it out of the cupboard, got it to plug in. <laughs> it sort of works. The screen is like half broken. <laughs> so you is can't it really? Yeah, you can't see oh. like the top bit where it tells you how much power it's got, but it still works. Something I was thinking about was yeah, like obviously, you know, iTunes era, iPods, you know, portable music. But also sort of the rise of platforms like MySpace um, and things like that as a as a way of, you know, discovering new bands and connecting with artists and like obviously, you know, the pressure of not only choosing your top friends on MySpace, but more importantly, choosing your profile song um, yeah, was a huge, important. huge decision. So 
Um, yeah, it really was. Yeah. <laughs> Stressful times. <laughs> so I suppose let's let's get into it. So what we've let's done do is similar to our previous episodes. We've each chosen a top five and then three honourable mentions because we're terrible at choosing things. Yeah, and it's going to be a long one, guys. Yeah. Just strap in. Um, so the first song that I have chosen in my top five is Stargirl by McFly. Uh, so this is from the 2006 album Motion in the Ocean. I believe, speaking of MySpace, Stargirl was actually a single that debuted on MySpace. Oh. Possibly. Interesting. Um, but yeah, McFly, uh, from the UK, and they are probably what I would define as my favourite band, um, from my teen years, which is a strange choice for someone who grew up in Australia to say, because McFly never toured here. They only had like limited chart success, uh, like more recently with um, Lovers on the Radio a few years ago, that kind of thing. But I actually discovered them kind of entirely by accident. Um, Shout out to my cousin Jess, if she's listening to this podcast. I know she has listened to a few episodes, but randomly one night in 2006, I was having a sleepover at her house and we decided to watch like a movie on uh, Foxtel, and we chose Just My Luck, which is uh, an excellent Lindsay Lohan film, if anyone hasn't seen it, but it also features McFly as a band um, as part of the story. So for watching that movie, I paid heavy attention to the credits to find out who the band were and then immediately went home and looked them up. Um, And from there I was obsessed. So like I said, they've never actually toured here. They played one show at the Annandale Hotel in Sydney um, when they were recording the Radioactive album here, which is my favourite album. Um, (laughs) But they've never properly toured here. But through the power of the internet and things like MySpace and YouTube, I was able to sort of embrace them and become completely obsessed. My friend Steph, um, I got her hooked as well. Uh, So I've chosen. um, And then kind of, you know, throughout the years after, you know, buying CDs of Amazon or burning copies from people, we finally got to see McFly live um, in 2015, although they were McBusted at the time. Yeah. So counts, but it doesn't really count because they didn't play. Better than nothing. Better than nothing. Um, You and I also saw McBusted support One Direction. We did. Um, And also at the McBusted show, Alex from All Time Low came out on stage because he'd co-written a song. So it all kind of, you know, Mm. favourite bands link in together. Um, Yeah. But Stargirl is one of those songs that it's an absolute banger. It's such a bop. There's also a really incredible um, sort of brass section in it. Um, I, growing up, was a brass band kid, a concert band kid, so whenever I would hear songs that sort of had really amazing horn parts in them, I was immediately sort of drawn to them. Oh, yeah, of course. I think that's probably why Stargirl is at is at the top of my list. But yeah, it's been it's been fun to sort of reflect this week in choosing this playlist about how, you know, I've gone from seeing McFly, I think I became a fan of them when they just released their second album, and yeah. now here we are, you know, 14 years later and they've become like parents and gotten married yeah. and written books and been on reality shows <laughs> yeah, and they're about they're like... to release a new album. Um but as a teen, I was I was definitely obsessed and I knew every single word. And re-listening this week, it turns out I still know every single word. So, but yes, so Stargirl by McFly is my first pick. Oh, that's a really good one. 
Um, well, I'm going to go into my first pick, but to- sort of to set it up. So we talked a little bit about in the boy band episode about, you know, I, I was obsessed when I was about 12, 13. That was really the, the boy band, Caitlin. And I had a, a fairly fairly significant change in not just the way that I listened to music but who I was really. Yeah I I shifted into my emo slash scene as a very important distinction there and I was listening to pretty much everything that revolved around it. Yeah. But to sort of start off that transition my first song is Panic at the Disco, I Write Sins Not Tragedy. I chime in with the haven't you people ever heard of Closing a goddamn door, no It's much better to face these kinds of things With a sense of voice and rationality I shine in Haven't you people ever heard of An absolute classic, like an uh, absolute classic. classic Yeah, and that song came off the 2005 A Phoebe You Can't Sweat Out album mm-hmm. And I definitely listened to this a little bit later But I significant, like the significant memory that I have about the song Was at Spring Carnival our, at my high school We didn't go to the same high school um, I think it was in 2006 mm-hmm. So would we have been year 7? Correct Okay um, And it, it played Right, and all these girls were like obsessed with it. I thought, I've never heard this song before. Why don't I know this song? You know, um, already starting to be the know-it-all when it came to music. <laughs> um, and I was immediately obsessed with it. And I, I got in the car after school, and I said to my mum, I was like, I need to get this song. So we went down to Target. I can't remember if it was that day, mm. but we went to Target, and they didn't have it as a single. Um, it was only oh. on the album. Um, and so we bought it and I went home and I put it into my little pink Sony CD player mm-hmm. <laughs> and listened to it from introduction all the way down to Bill God, Then We'll Talk. And I was obsessed with that album. Yeah. I played it over and over. Again, we sort of talked about it sitting in front of the CD player with the lyric book. Yeah. Um, and at that time, I was going through a really, really tough time at school like I think every teenager has it there's always some kind of conflict and feeling like everyone hates you and all that Mm -hmm. sort of stuff it's the classic music was a massive escape for me it still is yeah and so um I have you know I mean they're fond memories of listening to it but it was a tough time (laughs) yeah and so when I I was lucky enough to finally see them in 2011, so it took a long time after that. Um, and so, yeah, uh, Soundwave, which is a festival here in Australia, um, it's kind of like Warp Tour or Reading and Leeds yeah. in the UK. Um, and they did like a... I'll talk more about this in an episode about live shows because yes. it was such a weird day. <laughs> it was probably one of the weirdest days of my life, to be yeah. honest. But Camp Quality, which is like a, a charity here... In Australia, they were doing like a gold coin donation. So if you wanted to donate, you'd get a ticket to go to a signing. And so I bought three, and one of them was to meet Panic at the Disco. Just casually. Which I know, I still don't really think they're real people. (laughs) (laughs) I've met them, but I'm still not 100% sure. It's weird, Um, isn't it? Where do you like. Yeah. Because, I mean, we can, we'll do a whole episode on meet and greets and stuff, but 
that yeah. sort of you know that barrier that you have especially for us being in Australia and so many of these artists being overseas like I remember when I saw McFly for the first time mm. I was like I've been watching you through a screen which sounds really creepy I've been watching yeah. you through a screen at that point for like almost 10 years and seeing them right in front of your face still yeah. doesn't as a real human still doesn't quite feel like they're no. a real human anyway yes no it wasn't it was like I and at that time I think Spencer Smith and Brendan Urie were the only original members of the, yeah. of the band and Dallin was there at that time, I think. Mm. And so I went up, it was very therapeutic for me to recount this too. <laughs> but I said to Brendan, I was like, I just want to thank you. <laughs> I just want to thank you for like making that album and, you know, it was a really tough time back then yeah. and you're really great. I think I said you're really great. <laughs> 10 out of 10. And he was like, oh my God, he was so nice. You know, they always say don't meet your heroes, but if you ever get a chance to meet Brendan Neary, meet him. Um, if you're a fan. Yes. Um, and he was so nice. He got up and he hugged me and I was like, this is not happening. Because it was a signing. You don't get much out of a signing. You yeah. Know? It's usually just like pushing you through like cattle <laughs> to get it over and done with. But he was so nice and, you know... I'm sure he hears that all the time, but it was therapeutic for me to be able to say that and just thank him. Yeah, and it was just such an important moment for me to, yeah, to meet him. Who would yeah. have thought? Also, like... Never thought it would happen. <laughs> for a gold coin donation, considering I know. meet and greets these days, you're looking to hand over, what, like 300 bucks? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so you really got a good deal. Well, that's it. And it was like, yeah, it was just a gold coin donation and I met Panic that day, um all-time low and this Providence. But, you know, every band was doing a meet and greet pretty much and it was such a weird day. I can't wait to talk about it in a later episode. But, yes. Um, yeah, so that's my that's my first pick, I Write Sins. Yeah, well, I guess that's kind of almost a, yeah, a good lead into the second song that I have um, mm. on the list, um, speaking of bands like Panic! at the Disco and All-Time Low. Uh, the second song on my uh, teen soundtrack top five is Weightless by All Time Low. It's not my weekend, but it's gonna be my year. And I'm so sick of watching while the minutes pass as I go nowhere. And this is my reaction. Uh, <laughs> Who's that? <laughs> Who's that? Never heard of them. I've never Maybe heard of familiar? them. Allow me to educate you, Caitlin. <laughs> yeah, thanks. <laughs> so. I um, have written a few notes here, but obviously, yeah, Weightless is from the 2009 Nothing Personal album. All Time Low is a band that was actually introduced to me um, in 2009, I would say, by my friend uh, Bella, who was very much in t- into a similar scene to you, <laughs> shall, mm-hmm. I, shall I say. Um, yeah. But I guess to explain as well to our listeners that may not, know us in real life um but where Caitlin and I grew up we sort of had a two high school system so like we went to one school one school for years seven to ten so the first four years of high school Caitlin and I went to different schools in the area and didn't know each other and then for the final two years of high school year 11 and 12 um all of the seven to ten schools in our district fed into an 11 to 12 college so Caitlin and I didn't actually meet till year 11 um it was on the first day of year 11 literature class where... And we would have been, what, 15? We would have just turned 16. 16, yep. um, Which is actually related to the uh, icebreaker activity that our lovely teacher Belinda got us to do. Shout out, Belinda, if you're listening. But um, (laughs) 
she might be who knows but um they yeah in these classes because it was all different groups from different schools mixing they'd always make us do icebreaker icebreaker activities so we had to line up in order of birthday which is when Caitlin and I first met because we realized because our birthdays are two days apart uh so I believe the first words I ever said to you was when is when in January is your birthday and then happy birthday for the other day so I have this really vivid memory (laughs) in my mind of when we first met yeah I've written in my notes here that yes Bella was the first person to ever play me an all-time low song but Caitlin really took me under her wing and fully (laughs) indoctrinated me in year 11 so um some of my favorite live show memories that I didn't have in high school but had sort of in my adult life were seeing all-time low live the two of us together yeah um one of my favorite things to do is go to gigs with you because watching Caitlin at a gig I hope that everyone one day gets to experience it because there is like nowhere where I've seen you happier or like more in your element like watching you sometimes is better than watching the actual show but yeah some of my favorite live show memories are all time low and us seeing all time low together it's similar to mcfly it's been fun to watch them grow as a band as we've grown so sort of going from those years of listening to them as a teen into adults and waitlist is just a banger i'm still waiting for it to be my year um rather than just my weekend but Um, yeah, and I guess the other cool thing about, you know, this song and this album was last year when All Time Low released the 10-year anniversary an- anniversary re-record and the little documentary they did yeah. on the Nothing Personal album, which is really cool. I'm pretty sure it's up on YouTube. If anyone hasn't um, seen it, I would recommend checking it out. And the album is on Spotify. But, yeah, I had to, I had to go for Weightless. It's one of those songs that if it comes on in the car, you've got to have, you know, volume up, windows down. Yeah. It's just an absolute banger. Oh, I should bring my all-time low song up then, probably. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Um, well, my second song <laughs> <laughs> um, is also a an all-time low song. It's called Six Feet Under the Stars. actually off the album before Nothing Personal, which was called mm-hmm. So Wrong It's Right in 2007, I believe. Trusting my brain on that one. <laughs> yeah, All Time Low. There's a lot that I could say about All Time Low. This is just like my ex- acceptance speech as an All Time Low fan. Um, <laughs> I'd like to thank. Yeah. <laughs> um, but We're yeah, all gathered here today. To... <laughs> yeah. Oh, it sounds like a <laughs> eulogy. But yeah, I it, All Time Low is my favourite band and... You know, I, like Kara said, have so many memories with her. Um, I have so many memories with so many of my friends and going to see them, listening to them, you know, they've always been there. It feels yeah. like, you know, it was, they were one of my first forays into, you know, the scene, I mm-hmm. guess. And bef- and sort of to preface that as well, you know, at the time, MySpace was huge. Yeah. And I definitely discovered them through MySpace. I think Pop and Champagne was probably my fir- the first song I'd seen mm-hmm. from them, maybe. Or maybe Coffee Shop. I can't remember. But it, it was definitely MySpace. And another part of that was also the fact that on iTunes, there was a radio station called Adobe Radio. And this was alternative pop punk dedicated, basically. And it just played that all day. Sometimes I would have like special shows or like shows that were ran by a host. My favourite show was The Guns Show. So shout out <laughs> Guns. 
I hope he's listening. I hope so, because I it really changed the way that I looked at the scene. Because, mm. like we said, we're not from a city. We were very <laughs> separated from both capital cities that were you know nowhere yeah. near us basically yeah and so I wasn't around people that liked this music I wasn't really friends with people at that point oh, later yeah. on I found people but I remember my friend Nikki and I would either write in like we would comment on the page and be like we're listening from Australia and he would give us a shout <laughs> I out love and it was, that. <laughs> yeah it was really fun and it felt like a community and that's when I sort of really started to feel like oh these are my people you know as someone who just didn't feel like they really fit in, I'd found sort of an outlet to be a part of something, you know. Because yeah. we're all craving that, especially at that age. Yeah. Um, so I definitely heard All Time Low a lot on The Gun Show and just on Adobe Radio generally. And that was my first ever gig outside of my hometown. Mm. And I <laughs> convinced my parents to drive uh, me and my friend Sarah uh, to... To Adelaide to see them at the at the Gov, which and is it was like in 2009. a good like five hour, five plus hour drive <laughs> for everyone listening. Yeah. Like it's not it's not just a casual like you know 45 minutes down the road. So I no, think you know was, shout out yeah. to your parents for helping. Oh, your, there's going to be a dreams come come through. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of shout outs to my parents because I've seen all of these bands and I wouldn't have seen any of them if it wasn't for them. You know, taking me or allowing me to go and on reflection I definitely feel so appreciative to my parents for allowing allowing me to do that and giving me the opportunity to do that because it was really the one thing that I was passionate about and so they're just the best yeah yeah that show was crazy again like totally opened my eyes (laughs) to a lot of things it was it was a wild night because it was like an all ages show as well Mm. and so you know thankfully when I'd come to Melbourne for gigs a little bit later on um they were under 18 (laughs) so I wasn't as rowdy but yeah it was yeah it was a really fun time and I've seen all time low a lot (laughs) yeah (laughs) I don't know how many times I think I'm almost 10 yeah you had a streak well because there was talking about Soundwave Festival and that kind of thing which doesn't um run in Australia anymore and there was uh, a few issues with Soundwave you can google it that sort of I guess probably not created a rift, but it definitely caused like a break in touring for a lot of pop punk artists and that kind of thing to Australia for a while. Cause you had a straight. Well, because all the promoters were related to it. And yeah. so, you know, they really had the monopoly over rock festivals at the time. What the thing I was trying to remember was cause you had a streak there where I think you saw all time low live every year for like six or seven years in a row, maybe something like that. Yeah. Well, every, every time that all time low come back, I go because yeah. at the time they were coming back a fair bit or they were yeah. coming back at least every two years for Soundwave and doing a sideshow or something yeah. like that. And so this is the first year in a long time that I, that we haven't seen them or it's been a weird year, but it's also yeah. you know, <laughs> just meant that all, all, all concerts are off limits at the moment. Yes. So, um, but yeah, it's definitely, I, I have quite the love affair with All Time Low. I really, I really do my best to go every time they come and they're just one of those bands. I mean, by this point, I'm like standing there with other people that are seeing them for the first time <laughs> and yeah. I'm thinking, I know, I know these beats. I know exactly what, like what they're going to go into, yeah. you know, set list wise. The arrangements as well. Like where they like tweak things live. Like, yeah, you and I had an experience a couple of years ago where we saw All Time Low at 
festival hall with Sarah, who had seen them before, but oh yeah, um, also my friend Georgie and my sister, who are massive All Time Low fans, but had never seen them live before. So that was really yeah. really fun to sort of yeah have for me. I was literally standing in between like the you know the seasoned veterans of All Time Low and like the new <laughs> the newbies, and it was it yeah. was really fun to sort of see uh, that shared experience come together, which was awesome. Yeah, I love sharing All Time Low with people, and you know they've changed so much. They're another band, like you said, that we've grown up with and they've evolved into you know wake up sunshine now is up, definitely up there as one of my favorite all-time low albums and you know for them to keep producing music that's evolving with the taste of their fans and and evolving with their taste of music too you know yeah um it's a really great community i love i love the all-time low fans so they're they're some of my favorite people and i've met so many people at all-time low shows as well that you know that are still there we're still we're still all fans of this band that's what I, I would say you know there's only a limited amount of gigs that I've actually like lined up for several hours before um yeah. but all-time low was definitely one of the nicest lines I feel that we've, oh, yeah. we've experienced everyone's everyone's really friendly which is yeah. which is good so hopefully when gigs start happening again and international artists can tour Australia again all-time low will come back because I would love wake to wake up sunshine again. tour let's yes. do it all right, so for number three in my top five teen soundtracks, I'm actually going to um, bring up Year 11 Literature again, the, oh, uh, the establishment of Caitlin and Maya's friendship. Um, in that class, we had this uh, journal that we had to keep each each term where or each semester where we had to put in different texts. We had to put in like 10 or so and we had to do like an analysis of the narrative structure and that kind of thing but to make it like a bit more fun than just being books or whatever we're allowed to do uh novels short stories magazine articles song lyrics uh comics poetry blogs and movies and tv shows i recently discovered my journal i it's one of the few things from high school i've actually actually kept and i'm glad (laughs) i did because it is full of some absolute gems um But one of the uh, song lyrics that I decided to analyse in this journal is song number three on my top five, which is Hold On by the Jonas Brothers. (laughs) An absolute classic. So again, another shout out to my cousin Jess, uh, for being great, but also for having Foxtel because she <laughs> yeah. and I uh, first watched Camp Rock together on Disney Channel, yeah. which I believe was my first exposure to the Jonas Brothers. No. Um, I think so. Because that would have come <gasps> oh, out in like 2007, feel... 2008. Yeah. Oh my God. By then I was like in. I had like planned to go around to my nan's and drag Nikki. Nikki, if you're listening to this, I'm so sorry for that. <laughs> and we had... <laughs> We had popcorn. It's really interesting. I didn't know that. I think so. I can't properly remember, but I feel like that was probably the start. Um, And then also shout out to um, my friend Cassie from high school. She was a big Jonas Brothers fan as well. Yeah. Um, But I've written here in my notes, when Caitlin and I met in year 11 and later on it was revealed, (laughs) because it wasn't wasn't super forthcoming that you loved the Jonas Brothers or Uh, had loved, because obviously it didn't really go with your current image (laughs) of Panic at the Disco and All Time Low and all the other bands you're listening to. Um, Yeah. But later, 
later on when it was revealed that we both love the Jonas Brothers, <laughs> I was probably a little bit more forthcoming than you, but it well, made... Well, you said, and then I was like, oh, this seems like a safe space to <laughs> reveal my dark past. <laughs> My dark past as a Jonas Brothers fan. And yeah, it kind of it kind of made our bond unbreakable. So I chose to put Hold On by the Jonas Brothers in my literature journal. Yep. Um, and I've written that it's apparently our song, Caitlin. Uh, I don't know why, but it just is. It makes me smile and laugh. It's perfect for some great singing, meaningful dancing, and it's so uncool, it's cool. Plus, oh, no. <laughs> plus the Joe. Plus, the Joe Bros are great for lols. 10 out of 10. I love you, Caitlin. For lols. Um, oh, my our gosh. literature teacher, Belinda, has written, will you demo this cool dancing for us one literature class? And <laughs> under where I've written Joe Bros, she's underlined it and written, nice abbreviation, yo-yo G-friend. <laughs> oh, my God. Belinda was the best. <laughs> Belinda was oh. the absolute best. Um, but yeah, the Jonas Brothers, another band on my list that have never properly toured Australia, yeah, I know. despite having hell? a song called Australia, yeah, which is rude. rude. Um, DNCE have toured here. Joe Jonas was a judge on The Voice here. All yeah. the Jonas Brothers came to film their documentary while he was on The Voice, but yeah. they've never toured here. So one day we'll see them live, I'm sure of it. My friend uh, Georgie, who is also a massive Joe Bros fan, recently, I think last year, yeah. saw the Jonas Brothers live at a radio show in LA, um, and it was pretty awesome. So yeah. I have hope for one day that we will see them and we'll be able to belt out and do our meaningful singing and dancing um, to hold on live. But yes, that's song three on the list oh that's such a good song yeah well my third song i'm going a bit out of order here um is a song by a band called the academy is and the song i've picked is same blood are a very, very important band to me. I would say, I say All Time Low is my favourite band, but the Academy is, and, and the main, I'm really bad with picking bands. I shouldn't even start ranking them, really. <laughs> but the thing with the Academy is, is they had such a short, I mean, they were a band for a long time before I discovered them, but for my experience with them, it was short-lived, which is such a shame because I, I just expected they would do more than three albums, you know. Mm -hmm. um, but Same Blood came off the album um, Santi, which came out in 2007. And the Academy is was another band that I discovered through MySpace Music. I think I actually discovered them through a collaboration that they did with Gabe Supporter from Cobra Starship yeah. and Travi McCoy and Maya from The Sounds, which was um, wow. a Snakes a on a Plane. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was a song called Bring It. Um, which was sort of about the movie Snakes on a Plane. I remember seeing that song and it, because it was such a big collaboration, everyone was sort of involved in it and I discovered the Academy is and Cobra through that because Gym Class Heroes were quite big yeah. in Australia at the time. And so that was sort of my discovery of them and I went into such a deep dive with their music. Fast Times at Barrington High was their third album in 2008 and that had the song About a Girl on it. Now, I think people... If you don't know the Academy is, maybe you know that song um, because it was probably their biggest hit. And I didn't realise this until I looked it up, but it was actually played on the hills. 
Ah. Yeah, which then shot it. Because The Hills at the time were huge. <laughs> One of my favourite shows. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. So um, that song got played on there and they kind of became a little bit a part of the mainstream. But they toured with bands like Panic and they supported Panic, I think, here in 2007, possibly. Mm-hmm. Which I think Sarah, my friend Sarah, shout out. Um, <laughs> she went to that show, which I'm so jealous because it was like Panic, The Academy Years, Cobra. I can't remember who else was there, but it was a huge show. Another part of the Academy Years that I really love is they used to vlog. They used to do a <laughs> weekly show called TAI TV. Yeah. And it would come up on iTunes. I think they probably uploaded it to MySpace as well, but they would do skits every week. You know, because when you love a band, a band that's engaged with their fans are the best kind of bands, Yes, I think. Especially definitely. at that age. You're just, like, taking in every single possible bit of content you can get. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so they were making that, and I remember the lead-up to them coming to tour in Australia by themselves was, like, a Vegemite challenge, which oh, no. is one of my favourite videos of all time. If I can try and find it, I'll maybe... Do they just try it. and eat it, like, off a spoon? Yeah. You should not be eating it out of the jar. Just off a, a off a knife, I think they had. So bad. <laughs> so bad. Out anyway. of like a tube of Vegemite too, which is even grosser. Like, I don't yeah. even... Oh. But the TAI TV was always really fun to watch. And then they came out in 2009 and they supported Anne Boleyn, who were a great band as well. Um, it was a really great show. It was my first ever show in Melbourne. Ooh. I know. Well, because earlier on in the year, I'd gone to All Time Low, which was my first gig. And this was my second, but it was my first gig coming to Melbourne. Yeah. So it was a really fun thing to come to, to fly down to Melbourne. And my mum dropped me off at, at the um, billboards, which is now 170 Russell um, in Melbourne. And I lined up and I was there for so long because <laughs> there's a thing of being on the barrier that I was obsessed with back then. I think everyone kind of... Like, if you were a gig goer, you that's what you wanted to do, yeah. you know? And also, it meant I would be safer <laughs> yes. a little bit because I was still <laughs> young at that point. Yeah. Um, but I lined up and it was a great day. It was my yeah first experience lining up for a gig. And after mm-hmm. the show, because we were staying, because we'd flown down, we were staying at a hotel that was literally like four doors down. After the show, my mum and my auntie and I decided to go and get dinner as you do because I was starving and I'm like buzzing at that point like I'm off the walls so excited (laughs) about what just happened I lost my shoe my pink converse oh no so I had to get it back yeah I just lost one because the crowd collapsed and my shoe got taken off and so I had to find that after the show and it was literally sounds like my worst nightmare I know I know but yeah it was it was so funny and then we went back to the hotel and there was like a congregation out the front and I'm thinking Mm -hmm. why is everyone hanging around like this is so weird Next minute, there's, like, flashes going off. And I'm thinking, and I said to my mum, I'm like, oh, my God. It, it could have been Anne Boleyn as well. Yeah. Like, it could have been a different band, but it was not a different <laughs> band. <laughs> and I, to kind of, like, I need to say this as well. William Beckett, who is the lead singer of the Academy, is, is my favourite person ever. So, like, to, to meet him was just, like, there's no way. And I did because we had access to the hotel because we were staying there and they were all in the lobby because yeah. they weren't going out. Well, so they were you're trying actually to leave. allowed, you're actually allowed through the doors as opposed yeah. to everyone else that was just waiting out there. Yeah, because they had their security, like, trying to get them out, you know, because they obviously were going out for dinner or something or whatever. And yeah. I got pictures with them and got to talk to them and they were so lovely. And you really so had was... your, uh, your fan fiction meet cute moment in the hotel lobby. Yeah, it was a, it was a great moment. But and that was the first time I'd ever met a band. So mm. I was very nervous and very sweaty. 
after just being squashed in a pit. But yeah. anyway, it was a really great night. It was my introduction to gigging in Melbourne. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually ended up, because we were at the same show, meeting my really good friend Alex, who listens, and I'm so grateful for her. She's such a great friend. I think she's mentioned later on as well. So, yeah, that's my that's my third pick. It's an excellent choice. You have such fun stories to go with, <sighs> with all of yours. It's really fun to reminisce. <laughs> all right. Well, song four on my list is actually an Australian artist, I think. Ooh. Possibly the only Australian artist on our list. I've got another one in my honourable mentions. But yeah, yes. so do I. Song four on my list is Fishies by The Cat Empire. Oh, wow. I don't know if you've listened much to The Cat Empire. I, I have. I've actually seen The Cat Empire. <laughs> yeah, I love them. This, they're such a great live act. So this they're is so from good. their 2007 album, um, which was called So Many Nights. So... The Cat Empire are, I think, from Melbourne originally, but they're kind of yeah. like a modern, like, jazz, like, big band, funk kind of soul group, I guess yeah. would be the best way to describe them. Um, as I mentioned in talking about the amazing uh, horn section in Stargirl, I was a brass band kid growing up, a concert band kid, and so was my older sister. So the Cat Empire is a band that she loved, Um for us as band kids, you know, hearing like modern jazz kind of soul music from the Cat Empire that was on the radio and like popular was really cool because <laughs> obviously, you know, typically as a band kid in high school, it's not the most popular choice. But, you know, for me, it was something that I really enjoyed. I met uh, one of my best friends, Steph, through uh, being in concert band. So yeah. the Cat Empire are absolutely amazing. They're really fun and fishies. I don't know why it's my favourite song. I was re-listening to it um, in a playlist I made of all of these songs and mm. harking back to the Year 11 literature thing, but fishies in particular and the Cat Empire in a lot of their songs have really incredible storytelling. Like it's not only amazing music, mm. but the stories that they tell and the pictures that they sort of paint with um, with the music is really powerful for me. So I think that's why Fishies is my favourite song. Yeah. But, uh, yes, I and I can confirm that it was one of the most played tracks on my purple iPod Nano. Oh, was uh, it? I consulted the records just to make <laughs> oh, sure. Oh, that's so good. But, um, yeah, shout out Cat Empire. They have so many bangers. They're really great live. Um, and that's why I had to put them on my list. Yeah, for sure. All right, my fourth. I think I'm up to my fourth pick. Yes. Um, I've picked a song by the band You Me at Six, and the song is Finders Keepers. So this song came off the album Take Off Your Colours in 2009 and by this point I was in. I was deep into the scene. I was listening to a lot of music but You Me at Six rose to the top and 
became my <laughs> my new obsession. Again, I found them through MySpace, probably listened to them on Adobe. They were a little bit different. I mean, they're still like a... They're kind of in that realm. They're more like alt-rock, I guess. But Finders Keepers on Take Off Your Colours was very pop-punk. They've evolved since. But going to my first Soundwave, they were a big draw card for me to go. I mean, all-time low were on that tour as well and a day to remember. But You Meet Six were kind of new. And I don't think... Yeah that um, Hold Me Down, which is their second album, had come out yet either. So it was very early on for You Met Six. And when they came out to Soundwave, they played really early on. They only had like four songs. But it was a really important moment for me to see them because it was my first Soundwave. So it was all very exciting. Thankfully, after that, they sort of released some songs off that new album. um, And they ended up coming out and co-headlining a tour later on in the year in Melbourne, which I think was in 2000 and... Oh, so my first Soundwave was 2010, I believe. So it was later that year, which was like September or whatever, because Soundwave was always done early in the year in the summer. Peak sunburn time. Yeah, oh my God, (laughs) so bad. Um, And so they came out and co-headlined, yeah, with the audition and Kissing Glass Houses were another English band, or like British band that were really great at the time and they supported. Um, And it was such a fun night. And I remember watching them play Finders Keepers. This is why I've picked the song, because I have a really distinct memory of Josh mm-hmm. Franceschi, who's the lead singer, dancing around to it. It was just such a fun vibe. You know, there's some songs in sets that sort of get pushed to the side and you don't really yeah. remember them. But whenever I hear this song, I always think of him just having such a great time. And that just projected onto the, you know, because they were kind of fighting. That co-headliner sort of tours are weird because You've got half and half, basically, because you can kind of look around and you're like, oh, that person's an audition fan. <laughs> but they had very similar <laughs> fan bases at the time, I think. Yeah. It was such yeah. a great night. Um, it was also, it's almost t- like 10 years to the day. So it's crazy to think that there's been 10 years between then and now, and I've seen You Me at Six numerous times since, but it's still, still one of my favourite gigs I think I've ever been to. Um, and it turned out that two of my bestest friends were at this show and we didn't even know it. we hadn't met yet and we weren't yeah. going to meet until two years later um it's, it's which a is sign i know universe that yeah. you're destined to be friends from <laughs> the get-go and so when i met steph and sarah um at uni we all rocked up first day of uni it was like orientation week and i think sarah was wearing like a bring me the horizon shirt steph was wearing a you meet six shirt. I was wearing a drop dead shirt. Yeah, and it was like destiny that we're you all just meant make to like be best friends. Eye, eye contact across the room and the pop yeah. punk like like yeah. vibes just draw you together. It's yeah. so powerful. I love it. It was, and you meet six. It was like our bonding band, and yeah. there's photos of us like where we all rocked up to uni with you meet six shirts, and we took photos. <laughs> like we're just obsessed fangirls, really. But yeah, um, it really bonded us, and they're such important people to me. And like I said, music. Music and friendships are very closely intertwined for me. Um, yes. And so to have those memories with them, yeah, really special. But that's my, yeah, that's my fourth song. It's a, it's a great choice. And You Meet Six is one of those bands that I haven't listened to a lot, but I do listen to occasionally. And that's 100% down to your influence and how much yeah. you love them. Oh, so oh, I love them so much. And I want to spread the word. (laughs) Listen to You Meet Six. Just going up to random people on the street. Excuse me, Uh, sir, do you have a moment to talk about You Meet Six? Yeah, their new album is out January 15th. Um, (laughs) Beautiful Way is now out as well. So go listen to that. Get (laughs) that promo. 
Um, all right. Well, my the final song in my top five mm-hmm. um, is actually a cover. I know we're going to do a separate episode on our favorite cover songs, mm-hmm. but I had to put... I couldn't do a teen soundtrack playlist without including a Glee song. Um, Glee was obviously on air from, I think, 2009 to around about 2014. They had six seasons. Wow. Um, over 700 songs were performed on what? Glee. What? Which is insane. Um, but when it first came out when we were in year 10 through the rest of high school and even into uni, um, I didn't watch as much TV then, but I was definitely still into listening to all the songs. Like there was yeah. a Glee podcast that I used to listen to oh, that discussed nice. the episodes. Like I was full on into Glee, but yep. the song I've chosen is, uh, the cover of Teenage Dream. Oh yeah. Cool. When you look at me, just That is performed by Darren Chris in season two when he's introduced as Blaine, who is the leader of a rival Glee club Ooh, <laughs> um, at Dalton Academy. So there's a couple of things with this song. Um, Darren Chris was first introduced to me before Glee um, in his role as Harry Potter in a very Potter musical. Oh, from I was going to say, Star Kid. <laughs> I just had a moment of like. Has my whole life been a lie? Did I not know who Daniel Radcliffe is? <laughs> okay, yep, cool. Uh, yes, yeah, so he's in the Team Starkid musicals. I'm sure a lot of people are familiar with the Very Potter musical, Very Potter sequel, Very yeah. Potter senior year, and various other um, original shows that they've done. But I, I knew Darren from that. So when he got cast in Glee, it was this amazing sort of, you know, I guess like underdog, like come up story. Yeah. Um, the other thing with Teenage Dream is that it's actually the first Glee cover to ever chart at number one. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, interesting. So um, that's kind of a little fun fact. But Darren's version of Teenage Dream, I've chosen the original one here, um, which is the with the Dalton Academy Warblers, which is just a great cover. There's some amazing choreography. But also later on um, in the show, a few seasons later, Darren performs like a piano acoustic version mm-hmm. of this song um, with his character singing to uh, his love interest. And I believe it's actually one of the few songs that was ever performed live on Glee. Usually on shows like this, they, you know, obviously get them to lip sync to a recording. But in this um, piano version that's in later on, um, and it's really heartfelt emotional performance and Darren's actually performing it live. So it's really, really powerful. But also Teenage Dream as a song is just it evokes so much nostalgia it was such a huge radio hit at the time it kind of you know like five sauce covered it on tour for what felt like a million years but was probably only (laughs) a couple of years but when we saw them you know supporting one direction they played it so it's kind of one of those songs that you know it seems a bit cheesy to have a song called teenage dream on a teen soundtrack but for me the song the glee version the whole darren chris association um, was was a huge part of my life and something that I look back on fondly. So yeah. this, that's the song I've chosen for number five. So my last pick, my final pick. Ooh, Ooh I feel like we need a drum roll noise. <laughs> <laughs> and this has been strategically put as my final pick as well mm-hmm. because it sort of rounds up my whole teen years, really, um, yeah. is a song by The Main and it's called We'll All Be.
this song came off Can't Stop, Won't Stop in 2008. And it was their first studio album. I think they'd done that EP before that, um, which is really great too. But this was their first sort of album. And I, I distinctly remember when it came out on MySpace, <laughs> like the album art and everything and the whole, like yeah. the promo images for it, which I'm sure they look back and cringe on. We all look back and, um, and we cringe. We all look back on this period of oh, time man. and cringe. There's so, so much, much cringe. Um but it was so good. And this song was the last song on the album and it really wrapped up their their first album, you know. And the main are really great storytellers with their lyrics. They're very meaningful and they're just really passionate about their friendships and their times yeah. being kids, you know. Because this song is all about the friends that you make in your youth and making the most of that time and you know, appreciating the time that you have with these people before you grow up and leave the nest or, or go the, your separate ways, you know. Yeah. Um, and so that kind of wraps up all of my all of my picks really today because it's just, you know, like I said, music is so important to so many of my friendships. Um, and the main have always been there. They're a band that I listen to today. Like I literally listened to them like two hours ago. <laughs> still completely obsessed with them. Still completely yeah. love them. And they've been a huge part of my life and a huge part of my um, gigging life too. I've been to so many mm. shows. Um, my friend Jenna, my my dearest, bestest, loveliest <laughs> friend Jenna, um, her and I have a an unspoken pact that whenever the main decide to come to Australia, we alternate because she lives in Adelaide which is in South Australia, um, and I live in Melbourne. And so we, we've alternated the last three times, yeah. three or four times. It's a really big part of my friendship with her. It's a really big part of my friendship with Alex, who I mentioned earlier. Um, mm-hmm. And I had a really incredible moment seeing them last year, this time last year, yeah, with Alex, Jenna and Sarah, who I also mentioned. <laughs> um, and go- <laughs> all of the friends. All of the friends, my dearest <laughs> friends. And, you know, getting to see them with see the main with them was really a beautiful moment. I sort of, I remember looking around and thinking, oh my God, these are three friends from three very different periods of my life. Yeah. And the main have enabled us to all come together and, and to go see them and share that moment together. And yeah, it was just a really special, very emotional moment for me because I love music and whenever music brings my friends together, it's like, you know, doesn't get much better than that so yeah um it's pretty great yeah and so that's why i picked the main as my last of my top five it was so beautiful i feel like yeah. i'm gonna cry i know i feel so a bit nice. emotional too i whenever i talk about the main i always feel like that it's just like I'm, oh. and i'm fairly guarded when it comes you are. to emotion stone so, cold yeah so but music does that to me it's very much you know an escape from that but yeah um, it's important to embrace the emotions that it brings as well. And I think as well for us, you know, especially this year, one thing that we are really missing is going to gigs. As I said earlier, like for me going to gigs with, you know, so many different people, but especially with you is one of my favorite things. Um, And also me and my sister have been to a lot of shows together and my friend Georgie, who similar to your friendship with uh, Jenna, Georgie lives interstate. So we would sort of alternate um, going to shows together in different locations and going yeah. to shows overseas and all these sorts of things that we can't really do at the moment. So yeah. I think um, the nostalgia always makes me emotional, but For it sure. also makes me excited looking at this list and thinking of, you know, uh, future future shows that oh, we're going yeah. to get to enjoy so together. Many. 
You've got some honourable mentions, don't you? I do have a couple of honourable <gasps> oh. mentions. What are they? Um, yes, so my honourable mentions, um, I'll just go through them quickly because we've already been talking for yeah. a very long time, but this is one of our favourite topics. Yeah. Um, I've gone with another Australian artist for the first one, which is Ben Lee with Into the Dark. Mm-hmm. Um, in 2006, I think it was when Ben Lee released the album... I'm thinking about this off the top of my head. I believe it was called Awake is the New Sleep, which had Catch My Disease on it. Um, And we're all in this together, which were huge songs um, in Australia at the time. But I actually got to see Ben live. He was probably the first kind of proper gig that I went to as a teenager where I was up the front, my only like barrier gig experience. (laughs) Um, He came to our town where we grew up to play um, at this amazing venue called the Perry Sand Hills um, near Wentworth in New South Wales, um, which sort of has these amazing sand hills, obviously, that create like a natural amphitheatre. And he performed at that show. Yeah. My dad took me and my friend Holly, and it was a really fun time. And he was really great live. Um, I took many a photo and video on my digital camera <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> because no. it would have been like 2007 or 8. Um, yeah. It was really great. And Ben is has certainly had an interesting um, progression as an artist, but this album and this song are two of my favourites from him. Mm-hmm. Uh, my second honourable mention is quite the crossover, I would say. So I've gone for Numb slash Encore, which is, a I guess, a mashup collaboration between Linkin Park and Jay-Z. It's not really... They existed as separate songs and then they mashed them up together and yeah. released them. They did like a whole... I think they did like a whole album sort of thing where they mashed up different songs um, but I remember this is one I remember seeing on Rage and watching the music video too and I definitely bought it on iTunes and as I discovered earlier today I still know every single word mm-hmm. I feel like it was two genres coming together that no one had really like talking about you know fans of similar bands or that kind of thing I think if you you know looked at Jay-Z fans and Linkin Park fans there probably wasn't a whole lot of crossover there um, well, at the time a, a new metal was pretty big at the time so I suppose they sort of maybe saw that you know like bands like Limp Biscuit and, yeah. and that sort of thing kind of but th- that is a huge mainstream song for sure yeah we love to see people doing things that are you know fun and creative so yeah. that that was a song that for some reason I was just obsessed with and can still yeah, rap every single word so <laughs> you know just not to brag but uh um the final song in my honorable mentions couldn't have a teen soundtrack without putting simple plan <laughs> on it yes. so i've gone with the classic welcome to my life because yeah. i don't think anything really describes teen angst better no than, than the than the angst and you know the anguish and the emotion of belting this out um, at yeah. the top of my lungs, I definitely had the CD. I had this on the CD single, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, it was definitely in the earlier years of my teen years where I didn't really have anything to be angsty about, but I still embraced <laughs> and oh, loved Simple Plan anyway. And then you and I um, and Sarah had the, I guess, the pleasure of seeing Simple Plan perform a couple of years ago when they were doing the anniversary tour. Oh, it was um, the best. For... No pads, man. Yeah, so that was really, really... It was an uh, excellent live show um, and One it just sort of cemented my love for Simple Plan yep. and this song in particular. For but sure. yes, those, those are my honourable mentions. What have you got on your honourable mentions list? I have an interesting... Uh, I've gone about this in an interesting way because <laughs> when I think about being, you know, in the emo slash scene years, it's very yep. different, you know, because I sort of adopted more of an emo aesthetic 
So I definitely associated my music taste more with the scene side of it. So mm-hmm. I the first pick that I've chosen is Good Girls Go Bad by Cobra Starship because they kind of represent the neon punk yep. side of the scene world. You know, bands like 303 were massive here and mm-hmm. Metro Station and yep. I think Shortstack kind of fall in there as being yeah. kind of like, you know, they're not taking themselves too seriously, you know what I mean? And my dad, every single time I say, oh, yeah, I went and saw one of my bands or I'm talking about a, one of the bands that I love, he goes, oh, is that the Good Girls Go Bad? That's his, that's his reference for any of my music whenever I'm talking about it, which I love. <laughs> the second song that I've picked is uh, a song by This Providence and it's called Let Down. Their album, Who Are We Now, is not on Spotify and it's outrageous. So I ha- I sort of picked this song because it's a single on Spotify yeah. if you wanted to listen to it. Um, but they sort of represent more of like the alt rock part of yeah. what I listen to. So bands like Cute is what we aim for, The Cab, We the Kings, Rocket to the Moon, Forever the Sickest Kids, My American Heart. They were all bands that I really loved. And a lot of those bands I found from Adobe Radio. And then my third and final honourable mention is Anchors by The Amity Affliction, which I love. I love Amity and I can't wait to talk about them maybe in another episode. They sort of represent the more, the heavier side of what I listen to and the post-hardcore, even metal. I listened to a lot of screamo back then as well. Bands like Bring Me The Horizon, Of Mice and Men, A Day To Remember, Under Oath, Asking Alexandria. All these bands were really important to me as well. So I wanted to pick three songs that sort of represented three other facets of um, my music listening during my teens. And yeah, those are my honourable mentions. It's a great list. It's, this has been a really fun episode to put together. I've really enjoyed Obviously, it'll be apparent to our listeners that you and I have quite a varied music taste. Um, yeah. But, I th- but there are also a lot of things that we have in common and you know, talking about before about, you know, going to gigs together and the friendships that we have through music. I think for us, especially bands like All Time Low and the Jonas Brothers and various other um, associated acts were were bands that brought us closer together and made us, you know, become fast friends. But as we like to do on some episodes, it's time to put a band into the Hall of Fame. How exciting. It's like... Bestowed the great honour of being in the shout out to the old me Hall of Fame. It was a fairly obvious one, I think, for us, because we try and do it like... If we've got a mutual uh, pick, then that's probably our Hall of Fame pick. (laughs) And this week, it is none other than All Time Low. ATL. I think, you know, we've... I think we talked about it earlier in the episode but All Time Low are one of those bands that have been a consistent part of our lives since we were teenagers our friendship since it began you know 10 years ago we've seen them live you know countless times it's always a quality live show the album that they put out earlier in the year is one of my favorite albums of the year um, and All Time Low are one of those bands that I'm re- I have a real fondness for oh, yeah. kind of you know in my heart not to sound super cheesy but also I really appreciate kind of how authentic they are um they're just the best I mean <laughs> there's a I yeah there's not many words that I can uh use to describe how much I love All Time Low I mean they they almost feel like a part of who I am to be honest and that yeah. sounds dramatic but it's true especially seeing them yeah. live there's been so many moments of just being just shocked at the fact that they still come out here because you know it's a big effort to come here and 
It's expensive. (laughs) You know, to come and do festivals here and and to put in the effort and to meet their fans and to, you know, and to actually go out of their way to put time into their fan base. It's just, I think everyone, like I said before, the the fans are so great and I, you know, have so many friends from my time loving all-time low. So that's why they get to be in the Hall of Fame. Yay! Love them. <laughs> Congratulations, all time low. We'll send your award in the mail. No, we won't. Well, that's kind of the end, yeah. I think. Thank you for listening. Uh, you can follow us over on Instagram at shoutoutoldme. I think we'll be releasing a shareable Instagram story so yes. you guys can upload your own uh, top five songs for your teen soundtrack and tag us so we can see what your choices are. You can follow us on Spotify or rate review and subscribe to us over on apple podcasts or listen to us on anchor various other podcasts wherever you get your podcasts you can find us thank you for listening be sure to share the podcast with any friends and we'll be back soon with a new episode see you soon guys